Hey guys, and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh Fitness Podcast. So this is an episode with another one of my amazing clients of Team SWF. So Una is on the podcast today. And what came through on a lot of Q&As and kind of messages are coming in is that a lot of people are relating to the client stories and client backgrounds um, because it's a human telling a story and we all love a story. And we and it, it kind of makes it more relatable than me and Dallas rabbiting on about kind of stress or protein or something like that. So I think it's hugely important and I will continue to do these as much as I can. So my guest today is Una. Una has been with me on and off for about a year, a little bit over a year, I think. Um, so Una, thank you so much for, for coming on. No problem. Thank you. So Una, I'm going to let you have the microphone and I'm going to let you talk about your background, your story, and why you decide to go and get a coach. Okay, so um, I've had coaches before. Um, I was always kind of big into like fitness and all that. Um, so I started coach, I had a coach maybe about three years ago. And uh, just to kind of get me, help me in the gym and stuff, um, just because I was doing a lot of cardio and not any like weight training or anything like that, so I just want kind of wanted to change it up. Um, yeah, so I started off with that, and I think myself, I just wasn't really putting the work in regards to like food and things like that. I just kind of was doing my own thing and not listening to what I was being told. And then <laughs> it's pretty usual, <laughs> and um obviously not seeing much changes so I thought okay this is not working and then I stopped stopped with co- now, the coach did help me a, a lot like regards with with some things that I did listen to and then I think I came across something somebody shared something on or like tagged you in something Shane and I just like clicked into it and then I was like oh sure he looks decent enough. He's fun enough to post and things. So then I started to follow. And then I think I just reached out to you just to um, start back into training again. I think you were the first like male coach I had. So I was a bit like conscious of that. I don't know why. I just think with girls, they probably feel more comfortable with girls. And then just with our like first chat, like over like on messages, I just kind of felt very comfortable. And then I think you were probably the only person I listened to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I remember the very first uh, phone call that we had on the online yeah. call because you came with me for a, a different goal that we ended up going for. Yes. Yeah. And I think you were a bit shocked that I was like, no, this is not going to happen. We, yeah. we need to focus on something else. So I'm going to let you kind of talk about that a little bit more. Okay. Yeah, so obviously, probably like every other girl, um, you want to like tone up, lose weight, and that's the exact things I wanted. And you went through some questions with me, and my first thought was like, "Oh, I just, I just had him like lie and not tell him the truth." And um, you'd ask me like, you know, as you're coming to your cycle, do you get like cravings and? I was like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> and uh, then you're like, is your cycle regular or whatever? I was like, nah, not really. Because obviously I, I, it was not it was not regular. I hadn't got a period in, I'd say, about, oh, like eight years. 
I've not got a period. Maybe even more. I could, it could be even nine to ten years. Um, reason being because I suffered with an eating disorder when I was fifteen, and uh, I'd been ho- hospitalized and got back up to a healthy weight. Like relapsed a few times, and then it just never came back regular. And I'd been to the doctor. Obviously, they, as every doctor pretty much says, they put you on the contraceptive pill to bring on your periods, which I know is something that you <laughs> were like definitely life enemy. Yeah, I know. And I went on it like at the very beginning when I was uh, getting better, and it come back for a while, and then once I stopped it, then it. It just never came on by itself. And yeah, well then when I jumped on board with you, then that was our thing. We, you wouldn't, it was, it was not toning up or losing the weight. It was more, the big thing was to get that back. I remember you going to the doctor. Yeah. And yeah. the doctor was like, no, we're going on the pill. I was like, I remember you messaging me or voice messaged me straight after. And I was like, yeah, that run away, <laughs> run away very yeah. fast. Um, yeah. I remember, because I remember, I remember when we first had the conversation. It's like we're we're gonna we're gonna have to try and change a different goal for your overall health in relation to that. But I think generally, when like we had to try and eat a little bit more food, and for someone who has come from an eating disorder background, and for a girl as well, lads struggle with it as well. Don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. from someone from struggling with an eating disorder or has had an eating disorder. That sets off sets off can set off alarm bells when you're you're kind of advised to eat a little bit more fuel to give your body the fuel that it deserves in order to start things back up. How did you cope with that initial consultation? Because there was a lot to take in. Because you, I know you weren't expecting it. Definitely not. No, especially with like, I think people with like eating disorders, like they are like once they feel when they like when they get better, like they have their like in like quote-unquote like safe foods and that's what they feel comfortable with eating and that's kind of like kind of like a rut I got into like just having like these specific foods I felt safe eating so like having to eat more I was like oh my god like how, how am I gonna how am I gonna manage this like I'm not gonna be able to do this I was like I just gonna end up I just gonna give up this I just can't but then I just think I listened more to you because it was coming from a, a guy telling a girl like you know this is not normal like you're you it's normal for women to have a cycle and you're not getting any like so obviously there's something wrong so I think that just made me think like okay this is I knew myself it wasn't normal but like I think I just pushed it back into the back of my head yeah like I don't I don't like using the word normal but I know I know what you're you're trying to say like it is it's one of the most natural things a girl can have and it's so so important for like overall bone health um and so you can have kids and stuff like that if you choose if people choose to have kids uh later on in life but i remember yeah i remember having that initial consultation with you and i remember just like there was a little bit of radio silence it was like it was kind of like pausing in between answers and i remember just um yeah, it was just a bit of shock. And I think it's, I've, I've, because I've worked with other girls who have had amenorrhea and stuff like that before, and they're always surprised when it's a man. Yeah. That's talking about it. And I know there's amazing other coaches, girls, and lads out there that actually give a shit about their clients. And I think that's the biggest thing that I try to promote to, to, to clients and stuff as well. How did your overall kind of 
diet change or was there anything that you kind of changed or brought in to your diet in order to help? See, yeah, kind of, yeah. So I started like eating a lot more protein, like protein probably was the thing that I wasn't really eating a lot of. Um, And I kind of just like more meals. Like I would never really eat like two meals a day. I'd be always like picking at things all day. That would be like, but it'd be all like, you know, safe foods and like, healthy foods I would call healthy not that there is anything you know everything is normal as you said well and um, yeah just not yeah like even more like treats like treating myself to more things like as in like crisps or ice cream or things like that like that's what I started to feel just, just, just to get more in and was there there was there was supplement that we mentioned as well? Um, oh yeah, that I remember we spoke about at the beginning. I think it was. Um, I remember you were trying to get it. I think you remember trying to get it, and there was an issue trying to get it in or something like that because um, it was a particular type of. So there's a, there's a supplement mm-hmm. called inositol, and there's two mm-hmm. different types. There's decairo and there's myo, and decairo mm-hmm. is not the one to take if you have. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have amenorrhea um but how did you like did you struggle to kind of at the beginning of the whole thing kind of say right this is just another supplement to take or you did you do your research research or how did you kind of go about the whole process i didn't research or anything i just trusted your your instinct to tell me this that it was it was good so i was like okay if you say so i'll do <laughs> <laughs> I wish all flights were like that. Uh, <laughs> I uh, did. I kind of researched it a little, like I looked it up and stuff. And then oh, I said, I actually mentioned it to my doctor. And that time when he told me, like, when I went, you were like, okay, if she tells you to go on the pill, just refuse to take it. So I knew I thought, the answer was coming from her. <laughs> yes. And then I mentioned the Nistal. She had no clue of it. She didn't ever heard of it or nothing. So then I was like, is this really a freaking, is this a thing? Like, so <laughs> that's uh, when I looked it up. And then, yeah, I just, I just trusted you. And I just said, right, okay, if you, if this is what, oh yeah, you told me to like listen to some podcasts. I think that was about, they mentioned stuff about that. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, I just started taking it. And it was nothing, it tastes of nothing. It's, it's like creatine. It's kind of that kind of bland. Yeah. I've never had it, but I know what it like. What the reviews say. It tastes like creatine. It tastes like nothing. Yeah, it's nothing. just powder. Um, yeah. If anyone is struggling, I would have highly advised to either go to a dietitian or work with someone that actually gives a shit. Uh, and they kind of recommend a dose like two to four grams a day. You take it for about three to six months, four to six months, um, and you take it alongside a decent exercise routine, decent nutritious food um, majority of the time and then see how you go. Um, it will, like people's cycles, girls' cycles will come back at very, very different stages. Some can take a long time. Some can take um, a very, very short space of time. Um, I think for yourself, I think that what was the time frame? So mine probably was, it's a four months. I remember getting the text. Yeah. <laughs> I remember getting that voice note. 
<laughs> I was going to play it down the phone, down the microphone, but I won't do it. Oh, yeah. oh I was like, ah, can't be. No, I just was not. It's definitely not what I was expecting. No way. I was like, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, I said, yeah. oh, God, it did, yeah. And yeah. then ever since, it's been like, I know you said, like, okay, keep an eye on it because this is probably, this could be irregular it probably won't be like every single month but since then it's been every single month on the button yeah and i, and I like i i i think because it hasn't been there for quite a long time um yeah. it's still a bit of a shock to yourself um when it does come around you're kind of like what is this what's going on why is my body doing this to me and i think i remember you i think you did you ring home or did you say it to your mom or something like that yeah, I said to my mother, and she, she nearly jumped. She was like, nah, nah, you're just a joking. And I was like, I swear to God. She's like, after that long, that couldn't be. I was like, I swear to God. She was like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, no, I'll, I'll never forget that when you voice notes me that and then you rang home and stuff like that. It was, uh, it was, that's why I like to do this stuff. Um, and I think when when people or when people are kind of like, have dieted all their life and then they're told to eat a little bit more food how did you get comfortable with having that feeling of being a little bit fuller in your clothes as well because i know that's something that kind of comes up a, a good bit when we're having a chat yeah that was the hardest like just trying to trying to feel comfortable in just like being a bit more curvier or just being a bit more like yeah, especially like around in around here during summer because it's so hot here and like you're showing more skin, as they say. So that was the hardest for me, trying to just feel comfortable. But I just, I don't know, I just, it, of course, I'm, don't get me wrong, like I have days where I feel horrible and I feel shit and everything. But like, I don't know, I just, I think through the lockdown, it made me just realise, okay, there's more to life than just being this size that you think is perfect because there's nothing perfect in it. And I think just when I be talking to you, you're like, okay, this is not going to be forever. And, you know, just because you need to feel uncomfortable to start feeling normal pretty much. Like, Yeah, I think, yeah, you need to start, if you need to feel uncomfortable, start getting comfortable. Um, and I, like, I know that's the biggest thing for yourself. I know we talk about it quite regularly about kind of like, oh, I feel, don't feel amazing in my clothes. But you mentioned there, lockdown kind of made you kind of reassess a few things. Um, because Una's over in New York. Um, it's snowing over there. I'm so jealous. Um, how, like, what kind of, did you have any, like, what main epiphanies and stuff like that did you have during the lockdown? Because I think a lot of people have had those that they've kind of realized what's actually important. Yeah. So obviously through the lockdown, gyms closed, everything that I thought I was going to lose my life because that was my, I did that religiously like five days a week and I it was like a routine. I'm very much a routine person. And then getting that taken off me was like the biggest thing I thought I was going to just I don't know, <laughs> like everybody, I suppose like everybody else that, that is into fitness, like some people just are like, oh God, like sure, some of the gym, like whatever, but people just don't understand. Like when you're into something like, and that's been taken away from you, it's very hard to adjust to something different. 
I tried the home workouts that we were doing or, you know, when we did like Zoom um, videos or whatever. And uh, I just couldn't, I couldn't get into the home workouts. I just couldn't get the motivation for it. I just, oh, I just was not. I did a lot of walking. That was a big thing for me and a lot of running. Not a lot, but just in like morning times, I would just get and go for a walk if, if anything else. Um, but even like now, still, I haven't been back to the gym. I go two days a week to like just like a fitness class, and it's crazy because I never thought I'd be adjust to something like that. I said the second the gym's open, I'll be there, yeah. and I'm not. <laughs> no. I'm way comfortable or comfortable just like going for my walk and then just doing like a fitness class like two days a week. It's just it's crazy how much I've changed, and that's the time where I was religiously. If I missed the gym, I would freak. Yeah, I remember that. I remember the initial consultation as well because I remember seeing it was like five days and one day of cardio or one day of something else, I think it was. Yeah. And yeah. it was like there was a lot of volume. Um, yeah. It wasn't like just doing like lat raises or it wasn't doing treadmill around like that. It was a lot of volume. Um, and it was quite strong, um, naturally anyway. So it was a massive adjustment to kind of like lose the gym but that also made you potentially have to readjust for this for for sanity reasons because i know myself the home workouts they weren't for me either and i know i gave you guys some home workouts to do and i remember you're like nah they're not for me and i was like fine let's just go like just for your own head just get out of that that the, the apartment or wherever you're living over in new york and just get out for a walk and i think that was important but i remember you were saying the like the weather was just Irish are not made for the sun <laughs> no definitely not especially in New York like there's just no wind it's oh, uh, and uh, now it's the other extreme um, how did you kind of like we've got a different goal coming up in the new year we're just going to get there's no point in us when we were talking there's no point in us kind of like doing anything bar kind of creating those habits and we're working on something at the minute how are you reassessing what's coming up for you in 2021 with regard to your goal? I'm looking forward to what's scared in a way. <laughs> Got comfortable now, like being relaxed and just eating kind of like what I want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Una loves these crackers. I remember getting a food diary from Una. I was like, is there any other food in this? <laughs> As I said, once I like something, I keep eating. Those crackers. <laughs> I know. I, this is my goal. My goal in January is to give up two packets, maybe one. Start with one and see how we go. Yes. Two is a bit extreme. I, I was like, that's a very extreme. Um, <laughs> yeah, what's, what I call, what's kind of like the goal for 2021 then? So 2021 is just obviously what I had planned when we began for us. <laughs> <laughs> that goes but uh not not i just want to get like i don't know a little bit leaner i suppose but like still i want to keep like the muscle i have yeah. that's important like i like how i took like, i do like how i i i look in ways like you know i i know it's a bit a bit softer and whatever but like you know it's not the end of the world and i realized that as as the months went by um yeah so just really about toning up I suppose I don't really want to change my shape as much like I'm happy in it's regards hard. to that 
Somatic, the the difference between how you're talking now compared to where you were the first very first time we had this conversation. Oh yeah, I uh, hate it. Like I hate it. Everything I just want all changed completely. And what advice would you give to someone out there who potentially is using the same terms? I think if you're going like with a coach, it's like trust your coach. 100% because I don't know like I for me I think I'm the most stubborn person ever like and I don't listen so I really have, I don't listen to anybody and like if I can certainly listen to someone that's telling me what's right for me through like you know consultations and whatever then listen to them because they know what's best for you and they know what they're doing like I have no clue like me thinking that I had to like I wanted to tone up and lose weight. Like that wasn't, that wasn't what I was, you know, it wasn't for me. I needed to get back to like, obviously a healthy weight that will bring back my cycle. And yeah. Was the cycle thing a goal for you or was that even on your radar or were you kind of like, it's just gone? I think I just kind of got used to it just being gone. I just thought there's no way it's going to come back. Like, and what no have way. you tried before? Nothing. I've been, I had, I was on the contraceptive like a couple of years back. That brought on for a while. And then I had been to like, I had got like scans done and tests done and, they could not see nothing wrong. Like there was nothing there. So then I was just like, well, it just must be, I just don't get a period. Like I just, I think I just came to terms with this. So I just thought like, it's either going to come back or it's not going to come back. And I just said, okay, it's not going to come back. That's madness. Like, yeah. It's madness. With, like what kind of scans did you get? To, like what kind of scans were they? So I got a scan like range, like your, that it, your pelvic area or that, that there um, and then I got I went to a gynecologist as well I had blood take they take all your bloods and stuff to check or whatever they were checking mm-hmm. and yeah I think that was it then they see yeah, they put like, the way like pregnant women get the like gel around their stomach area and all that they checked all that and yeah that was pretty much it yeah, like it's for it's a very long time not to have something that's kind of like yeah, as natural as breathing, and it's 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 quite scary that you went to that many professionals and stuff like that. That's where just like oh, here's a tablet, go and take it, and then yeah. it just wasn't a solution for yourself. Because um, I was at a healthy weight and, and everything, like it wasn't yeah. if I was underweight. No, and that was, I remember, I remember before we came on the call and stuff, I was looking back through the old files and your onboarding sheet. And I was like, oh, what weight was, was he not compared to now? All this kind of thing. Like we don't, we're, like when any of those are check-ins, it's, we have removed majority of the metrics that I would use with other people. Yeah. Una's, Una's check-ins are normally like, I'm doing good, food journal the odd time and just making sure everything's taken along with the cycle. Because, mm-hmm. Because of Una's history, we can't, or I won't, as a practitioner, I won't introduce the weighing because if if, if Una was a step on the scales potentially, 
you wouldn't you like that that could trigger i don't know i'm speaking i don't know is that the truth yeah play on your mind <laughs> yeah and how have you felt taking the that kind of the, the scales away because i don't want to make a sexist comment but ladies definitely struggle more with scales than lads um i think i'm definitely glad i took the well i i was like you just told me to just just forget about the scales just don't don't just don't because it was it was just and they play in your mind the whole day you'd be like just fix it on that number you're like oh my god and you could have like like as you said it's it can be like that reason for number reasons for anything like you know something you ate yesterday or you're holding on to a lot of water and i was like nah no no that's not it it's you know i'm getting fat <laughs> but yeah so i just got rid of it i was like no it's just it's just it just triggers with your head and so, so many people have stopped weighing themselves like i have a lot of friends that are like i don't weigh myself no more it's just not worth it no no it- it's kind of like going into like it's kind of like having two dice and throwing the dice and only coming up with like a pair of threes and then giving out and getting upset when you don't get two sixes because it's playing with lady lady luck is what dictates that scales yeah um did you have to educate yourself on what the factors of what the scales were or did you kind of just say no shane i actually i'm just going to take your word for it no i had to educate myself on that yeah and what kind of sources did you go to? Like, I I follow a lot of, like, fitness people and all that, and they all, everyone, like yourself, like, she suggests, like, you're better off to go by, like, pictures or measurements because that's when you're going to get your, your, see, like, your biggest changes. It's not by number on a scale. Yeah, I think. I've a few clients now that are, like, they haven't stepped foot on the scales and probably a year and it's kind of like it's always that it's kind of dangled over your head the odd time you're kind of like i'm going to step on it but i'm like hang on ask yourself before you step on it, how are you going to feel yeah and then if you're if you're going to say right i'm not in a great headspace for this so then why why are you letting a piece of plastic or an animate object on the floor let it rule the life so i'm delighted that you've kind of got like friends that are doing the same thing because if they're in the same headspace as you that makes it easier for you that you're kind of like right that's a norm for my group that not yeah. everyone else is weighing themselves. How do you find the likes of social media in relation to, as you said, you follow a lot of fitness people. How do you decipher the information that kind of works for yourself and applying it to yourself? Like, uh, I, some of them are, I think it's the Irish ones I would listen to more. The American ones are like, the, I don't know, they're all, a lot of them are full of shit. <laughs> you know, especially, especially like, you know, with pictures and things like that, you know, the way they, you know, filter ones and then their the angles they use. Like, that took a lot of education for me to, 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 for myself to be like, do you know what? Like, that's filtered. They don't really look like that. Or, you know, they've keep a tan on them or they filter that. Like, but as before this, you would look like, oh my God. Why can't I look like that? Or yeah, you know, right. it, yeah. Do you do you still can't do you still fall into the comparison r- loophole that is social media? Small bit. I won't say that. I'm, You're human. I don't, yeah. 
Uh, and how do you kind of how do you kind of call yourself out on that, or how do you overcome that? I just I said to myself, oh, it's not worth looking at. You know, uh, people like that, I think that are like ripped and like all that. Like to me, it looks like okay, right? They don't want look like they're going to have much crack. Like you know, they don't look like they look like they're going to be like on this strict diet and they don't go out drinking or they don't not say in the chat to go out and do that for the crack. But like, just I don't know. It just looks like they kind of have a or in his life yeah well, a lot yeah and and there could be other things of play as well obviously um in relation to when you were kind of like younger and when you had kind of like the eating disorder and stuff like that what advice if you were to go back now what advice would you give back to yourself to not compare myself to others that would be one of the biggest things. That was a big thing for me. I always compared to myself to people. That was the worst. I'd look at a girl and be like, you know, she's so pretty. Why can't I look like that? Or she's so skinny. Why can't I be like that? That was the biggest thing for me was comparison. They're huge. And did that just click for you overnight? It was kind of like, no, I actually can't do this anymore. Or was it a long kind of arduous t- uh, road that you had to go down? It was a long road. So I started when I was like about 14, I think, and then just cutting out food, losing weight, and it just got very out of hand. And then I was hospitalised at like 16, going on 17, maybe 16 probably. I was in hospital for about nine months maybe. And then I was put on outpatient where you'd go up every day. And then from that, then you're kind of like let out then sick jail or something. And um, you kind of keep in contact with the cancers and whatnot. But I did relapse probably twice. Um, usually you relapse when like something, they usually say you relapse when something like traumatic happens or I lost a friend and I relapsed a couple of months after that. And then another time I was just, I don't know, I just went through a really bad stage again and I relapsed another time. And a lot of it is like, a lot of it is like you need to help yourself. Like you need to realize you have a problem. That was the biggest thing for me. When I was a teenager, I literally begged my parents they were had me on a list to go into hospital I was like please I just need to go I really just I can't deal with this no more you and it was the hard thing sorry you saw the signs oh yeah 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 it was horrible <laughs> horrible I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy I mean everyone's experiences eating disorders differently yeah way differently Mine was I knew I had a problem and it was just so out of control that I couldn't even control it anymore. Like it's just out of your hands. Like it's it's a very hard thing to explain if you've not been through something like that. I think like people don't understand. Do you think there's judgments to it? Of course, yeah. The people think it's selfish. Like some, it's not like it's not a selfish thing. Like some, it's depending on your your eating disorder. Like you know, some people think they don't have a problem. And they know they're hurting people, but still, they just can't help themselves. And like, for me, I knew I was hurting everybody, but I wanted to help myself, but I couldn't, in a way. 
so then going to top the education or just didn't have the the whole control element just the control element i didn't have the education either like like all my family tried to help me and i was like there's nothing you can do i can't you can't do this for me i just need to get like away from like I think just from the surroundings, like just I just felt everything just was just my eating disorder was there everywhere. Like just I just couldn't get away from it. I think just going somewhere, like I just needed to go to get help, be around someone that's gonna just tell me what to do, and that's what I needed. Because I knew I'd just get away with my parents. They said to me to eat that. I'm like, no, might not. What are you gonna yeah. do? Like force them in my throat? <laughs> that's not gonna happen. Yeah, to a teenage kid, say so that's gonna go well. <laughs> That's gonna go very well. Yeah. Um Jesus, yeah. Uh and how did your parents cope with the whole thing? Oh my dad could cope with cope with me more than my mom. My mom like literally was like, Oh Jesus. She I she just couldn't cope with me. There were days I because in hospital you could stay you were let home at the weekends. Oh wow. It was a kind of like a boarding school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, there was days that she'd be like, I'm not taking her home. She can stay up there. <laughs> I would be crying on the phone, please let me come home. She's like, no, I can't deal with you for two days. Please just stay up there. It was what I needed. I needed that. Like, the tough love. I, yeah, it really was. Like, just made me realize, like, fuck, like, I am, like, I'm hurting everybody, not just myself. And like for someone like, because you would have been in school at that age. Yeah, I had to leave school. How did your friends and stuff react? They actually, they were really good. Like, you know, they, everyone's like kept in touch. Like they were just like, it, they knew something was wrong, but they'd never really comment on how I looked or anywhere like that. They'd be like, oh, you're not going to have your lunch. And I'm like, no, I'm not hungry or you know, I did go back to ho- back to school, sorry, after I got out of hospital. I moved schools then and then think that was like the best thing for me too. Clean slate. Yeah, yeah. And when you say you're in there for nine months, how like what kind of what does each a day look like? Because I know I've had I've had like Vicky was on and she had an eating disorder as well and she was the similar situation as in she was hospitalized. But as you yeah. said, it's so, so different for everyone. Yeah. How, what does a day look like or an average day look like? So, like, it's kind of like school, I think. It's pretty much like you're in, like, a boarding school. So, like, you get up in the mornings, you have to go down to the canteen, go get your, have your breakfast. Your breakfast will always be the same. You have to have the same thing. Cereal, toast, you have to eat it. The rest of the girls are with you and that are in the group. Everyone's got, like, are you kind of segmented? No, so like girls, well, kind of. So girls that have bulimia, girls with anorexia, girls with like overeaters, all that. We're all in the same group. So yeah, we we go have a breakfast together, and then we would go to like our like group chats. So like we'd all sit around in a circle, and we'd all experience that be on a Monday. Like we'd all talk about our weekends, how our weekends were, and all that. And then we'd have, yeah, that'd be it. And then we'd, yeah, you usually let it kind of like roam free then around the hospital. And free gas. Go, yeah, free, yeah. 
and it was hard like if you were like they'd monitor your weight or you'd get weighed every morning or every I think it was every like Thursday morning or something like that if you're awake past the red line twice in a row you're put on bed rest and that was the worst it was torture you couldn't leave your bed you had to be like wheeled to the fucking bathroom <laughs> and I mean everyone played all the tricks in the world I used to like drink about two litres of water to be heavier. <laughs> two litres of water it's really, and you've been early getting sick, like we're drinking so much water. Yeah, you're like, doing such a space, short space of time. I'd say, yeah. say you're, you're like cramming for an exam. It's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, and like, and then, like it would always, your days are all different. Like, so you'd have a day where one one part of the team would um, cook. So we'd all have a day where someone cooks, and then yeah, you just have like meetings, council meetings. It was good. It was. I enjoyed it. Like it was. It's fun. It was nice meeting girls. I don't talk to any of those girls. There's like one girl I keep in contact with. And that's about it. That's, that was my next question about kind of that side of things. Um, do you have any advice for anyone in a similar position that may be listening to this? That you need to be the. You need to have yourself. That's the one thing. It's the hardest thing. Like someone's ever going to go through. And I don't know, like it's 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 very hard to say because everyone experiences in, in different ways. Like it's not then the like it's, it is not then in the world. Like if you want to get better, you're gonna to have to put on weight. Like that was my biggest fear. Like a weight, the weight thing for for people with an eating disorder is 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 huge, and that was that was the one thing that I just couldn't like seeing the scale go up was the worst thing ever but like I don't know to tell someone that like you know it's not the end of the world it's easier said than done I mean you have to realise you have a problem that's the biggest thing you have to be willing to help yourself the fact that because I because I know I'm talking to a few people that have had it like the fact you're the first person that I've spoken to that you were the one that realised you had a problem yeah because everyone else was kind of like their parents or there was interventions or something like that. Or it was kind of like, that was the next, the next uh, step for them. But knowing that you at that age, because I, I, like, as you said, it can be a stigma towards it, but I also think that's a stigma that isn't warranted in the fact that I don't think the education is out there for it. No. I still don't think the education is out there for it because I think people use the word binge like the word legend when they're talking about someone who scored a hat-trick on a Saturday. Yeah. I know there's different severities of a binge and I'm not under downplaying the word binge at all, but there yeah. are different severities of binge eating and it's not downplaying any of it. But if, if someone is... Someone can just use, oh, I've had two pieces of chocolate and that's a binge, but it's not necessarily just, I think that's just the, the default word for a lot of people without having an understanding the actual terminology. Mm-hmm. That's true, yeah. Um, was there any foods that you kind of like, that went, that you leaned towards or was it, vice, was it the other way? No, I just didn't eat. <sighs> Is that um, what you mean? Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, no, I just... I just didn't eat like if 
any sort of way I would avoid eating or I'd hide food. I would do anything. I didn't, never made myself sick <clears throat> or anything like that. It was just restrict, 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 restrict. Didn't eat, didn't want to eat. Anyway. How nice did you get? What height are you now? I'm 5'8". Um, so I got down to like five and a half stone. Wow. Yeah. I wow. Was Jesus, yeah. And after the nine months, you came out of that. And then the next step was they had to kind of check in on a daily basis, kind of like a parole officer. Basically, yeah, like that, yeah. It was fine. Like, I was, I, like, it was actually, I was pretty comfortable with the weekend. Like, I never really, I never really, like, bothered, it never really bothered me that much. Whereas other girls in the hospital, like, it was like, life. The worst thing. I, oh my God. It was like, and then I used to feel like, Jesus Christ, should I, should I be feeling like this? Like, why do I feel so? What did you just talk? Did you, I know you were talking about kind of like the, the huddles and stuff like that or the group talks and stuff like that but outside of the talks did you talk about each other's reasons and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, we would have, yeah. yeah. And how did you take on other people's things? Like you said there, you're kind of saying, well, this person struggles this, why don't I have that struggle? That kind of thing. Did that kind of come into your head a lot? Some of it, like, and then sometimes like, someone would say someone like, jeez, thank God I'm not like that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, some of them be bad, and I'm like, oh, jeez, I thought I was bad, but like, yeah, they were, and like I was young, like, and they were, everybody was older than me. I was the youngest. Like, the all the women were like, there wasn't a woman there. She was in her forties. She had kids and everything. She had two kids. Yeah, cause I think when people hear the word anorexia or bulimia or any of that, they think it's kind of like you have to be young to have it. Yeah, no, a woman forty. She was like 42. 40's not old, by the way. I just want to put that on record. <laughs> Older than me. <laughs> From like a teenager. Yeah, she was in her 40s. But the counsel we had was, well, she was great. And she was, she was stern. Like, fuck, you didn't want to get on her bad side. Like, I'm, I'm having an image of Miss Trunchbull from Matilda in my head. <laughs> no, she wasn't like that. But like, she was like, there was like the head of that of the disorder. Like his name was Doctor Griffin, I think. And below him was like the woman that like did everything for him. But she she was like, he was an idiot. Like he was stupid. Like you know, it, it was her who did everything. Like she was. She was the linchpin. Oh my god, she was just petrified of her. He was so scared. She'd be like scared. She'd be like, I better do everything, everything right because she's gonna like torture me on Monday if I don't. What would happen if you, like, obviously you're talking about the kind of like being put into a bed for two days on bed rest. Like, what else would happen? What would be, like, you're talking about getting tortured? You know, she would, like, she would make a show in front of everybody. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Well, she would make a show and she'd be like, she'd be just, like, a really strict teacher and she'd be like, but, like, why would you do something like that? And, like, all eyes would be on you. And you'd be like, uh -huh, I don't know. And she'd be like, she's just like, and then she'd take you out on your own and she'd be like, you know, your parents call me and, you know, you know, you're supposed to be what you're, you know, what you're supposed to be doing right. Like, why are you doing this at home? Like, and you'd be like, I don't know why. That's really it. Like, just, yeah, just, if anyone's struggling with that, like, it's, it's, you know, I do believe that, like, you know, 
if you don't, if you can't admit that you have a problem with it, you know, because there's no help really. Like you have to know that you have a problem. Someone can't force you to do something that you don't want to do. At the end of the day, it's your decision. It's your life. Yeah. But to, to have that insight at 14 or 15 years of age or 16 years of age is it's pretty insightful. Like you knew that the trigger was there. You knew that you identified that because like, as you said, there's still a lot of education to be done on. There's still a lot of stigma to work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I cannot thank you enough for having a chat and talking about everything from the age of 14 up until now from everything to do with training the menorrhea um and as una says on the episodes like you have to recognize that you if someone is struggling you have to recognize that you have that it, it, it is up to yourself and if you want the help people can only help so much but you're not alone in this battle either and I think that's important to say as well. As you said, you were, you were, you've been very fortunate with people around you on that side of things as well. And yeah, uh, Una, thank you so much for, for sharing your journey and being so honest. No problem. Thank you. Guys, if you've enjoyed the episode at all, please do tag us up on your story. I'll put, I'll, uh, if Una lets me, um, I'll, uh, I'll put her, ta- I'll put her handle in if she lets me. And uh, thank you so much, Una. No problem. Thank you. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. It's super, super important that that story has been heard. That story needs to be heard as there are a lot, unfortunately, a lot of people who do struggle with and are, are struggling right now. And thank you again to Una for coming on to share her incredible, incredible story. And please leave a review up on iTunes please do share it the more people that hear that the more people that can help and that's why I get clients on to talk about their journey so it tells a story so guys thank you so much for listening